welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Barbara and Linda. My name is Barbara Wainwright and Linda Galicchio is here with us. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Barbara. Hi. So today we are working with Chapter 1 still, You Are Not Your Mind, and we are moving on to Section 2. We hope you have your book in front of you so that you can follow along. Today we're talking about freeing yourself from your mind. And the question is, what exactly do you mean by watching the thinker? When someone goes to the doctor and says, I hear a voice in my head, he or she will most likely be sent to a psychiatrist. The fact <laughs> is that in, every, in a very similar way, virtually everyone hears a voice or several voices in their head all the time. The involuntary thought processes that you don't realize you have the power to stop. Continuous monologues or dialogues. And that's very true. It's like mind chatter happening all the time to people and, and we do have the power to stop it we can get into a meditative state and allow the thoughts to just dissipate and get really connected to our inner body yeah and and also what they're talking about watching the thinker so you can choose it's about a choice you yeah. probably come across mad people in the street incessantly talking or muttering to themselves well that's not much different from what you and all other normal quote-unquote people do Except that you don't do it out loud. <laughs> Voice comments, speculates, judges, compares, complains, likes, dislikes, and so on. The voice isn't necessarily relevant to the situation you find yourself in at the time. It may be reviving the recent or distant past or rehearsing or imagining possible future situations. Here, it often imagines things going wrong and negative outcomes. This is called worry. Human beings today, all the way up until now, our default has always been negativity. Mm. Sometimes the soundtrack is accompanied by visual images or mental movies, even if the voice is relevant to the situation at hand. It will interpret it in terms of the past. This is because the voice belongs to your conditioned mind which is the result of all your past history, as well as the collective cultural mindset you inherited. So you see and judge the present through the eyes of the past and get a totally distorted view. So you are thinking about what your past was like, and the old records are talking about your past, and usually in a negative way. So we don't want that to happen. It is not uncommon for the voice to be a person's own worst enemy. Many people live with a tormentor in their head that continuously attacks and punishes them and drains them of vital energy. It is the cause of untold misery and unhappiness, as well as disease. Wow. Having those negative thoughts can cause us dis-ease in our bodies. The good news is that you can free yourself from your mind. This is the only true liberation. You can take the first step right now. Start listening to the voice in your head as often as you can. Pay particular attention to any repetitive thought patterns, those old gramophone records that have been playing in your head perhaps for many years. That's so cute, gramophone records. I don't even know if our audience would know what that means. <laughs> you remember oh that gosh. big thing? You know, <laughs> big plastic table. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, well, that yeah, dates me. Yeah. yeah, this is what I mean by watching the thinker which is another way of saying, listen to the voice in your head, be there as the witnessing presence. So key, so important. When you listen to that voice, listen to it impartially. 
That is to say, do not judge. Wow, that's not going to be easy, is it, for any of us? <laughs> right. But that's our default, too. Do not judge or condemn what you hear. For doing so would mean that the same voice is coming again through the back door, that old yep. back door. You'll soon realize there is the voice, and here I am listening to it, watching it. This I am realization, the sense of your own presence, this is not a thought. It arises from beyond the mind. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's connecting to your inner being, your inner self, and recognizing that we're, I guess, um, two entities, if you will. There's our egoic mind that has that chatter going on, and then there's our spiritual mind that is in acceptance of all that is and not judging. Beautiful. So when you listen to a thought, you are aware not only of the thought, but also of yourself as the witness of the thought. A new dimension of consciousness has come in. As you listen to the thought, you feel a conscious presence, your deeper self, behind or underneath the thought, as it were. The thought then loses its power over you and quickly subsides because you are no longer energizing the mind through identification with it. This is the beginning of the end of involuntary and compulsive thinking. Wow, was that so important when I read that in practice. When a thought subsides, you experience a discontinuity in the mental stream, a gap of no mind. At first, the gaps will be short, a few seconds perhaps, but gradually they will become longer. When these gaps occur, you feel a certain stillness and peace inside of you. This is the beginning of your natural state of felt oneness with being, which is usually obscured by the mind. With practice, the sense of stillness and peace will deepen. In fact, there is no end to its depth. You also feel a subtle emanation of joy arising from deep within. The joy of being, it being your real self, it's what you want to listen to because we really know everything we need to know in that place. But we have an ego and a mind that covers it constantly. So being the watcher helps us unveil what's truly meant to be. Oh, I love that. It is not a translite state, not at all. There is no loss of consciousness here. In fact, the opposite is the case. If the price of peace were a lowering of your consciousness and the price of stillness a lack of vitality and alertness, then they would not be worth having. In this state of interconnectedness, you are much more alert, much more awake than in the mind-identified state. You are fully present. It also raises the vibrational frequency of the energy field that gives life to the physical body. Beautiful. I wow. love that. Yeah. So when we're not connected with that body, sometimes we're numb to life, really, uh, in our physical body. Mm -hmm. As you go more deeply into this realm of no mind, as it is sometimes called in the East, you realize the state of pure consciousness. In that state, you feel your own presence with such intensity and such joy that all thinking, all emotions, your physical body, as well as the whole external world becomes relatively insignificant in comparison to it. And yet, this is not a selfish, but a selfless state. It takes you beyond what you previously thought of as yourself. That presence is essentially you, and at the same time, inconceivably greater than you are. That I am trying to convey here may sound paradoxical, 
or even contradictory, but there is no other way than I can express it. Instead of watching the thinker, you can also create a gap in the mind stream simply by directing the focus of your attention into the now. Just become intensely conscious of the present moment. This is a deeply satisfying thing to do. In this way, you draw consciousness away from mind activity and create a gap of no mind in which you are highly alert and aware, but not thinking. This is the essence of meditation. Yeah. So, so Barbara, have you ever had this happen? I know every day when I go for a walk with my dog, the mind starts going and uh, start thinking about the future and the past. And what I do is I, I say stop because I'm watching that. And I start looking at my dog to be in the present moment because she do, does all sorts of really good things, feeling joy with her. And that's being in the present moment. Will it slip away after a while? Yes. But then you continue to bring it back. Yeah, that's really true. And I, I also take my dog for a walk. And when I'm outside in nature, I am just really focused on the energy that is surrounding me, the trees and the grass and the air quality and just my, my surroundings. I just bring it in and feel that energy. It feels so expansive. Yeah, absolutely. In your everyday life, you can practice this by taking any routine activity that normally is only a means to an end and giving it your fullest attention so that it becomes an end in itself. For example, every time you walk up and down the stairs in your house or place of work, pay close attention to every step, every movement, even your breathing. Be totally present. Or when you wash your hands, pay attention to all the sense perceptions associated with the activity, the sound and feeling of the water, the movement of your hands, the scent of the soap, and so on. Or when you get into your car after you close the door, pause for a few seconds and observe the flow of your breath. Become aware of a silent but powerful sense of presence. There is one certain criteria by which you can measure your success in this practice, the degree of peace that you feel within. Mm. Right, when you get present and you are aware of the inner state of being, it does bring a lot of uh, peace peace of mind, peace of spirit, physical peace to the body when you get that present. It's beautiful. And I think also that's the key. The joy that you have from being in the moment is so intoxicating that you want to keep doing it. You want to keep feeling that. So that at least pushes me forward and you find out it's great. I agree totally. So this is coming to the last paragraph of this section. So the single most vital step on your journey toward enlightenment is this. Learn to disidentify from your mind. Every time you create a gap in the stream of mind, the light of your consciousness grows stronger. One day you may catch yourself smiling at the voice in your head as you would smile at the antics of a child. This means that you no longer take the content of your mind all that seriously as your sense of self does not depend on. That's beautiful. Uh, and, and it makes so much sense to me. You recognize that there, that is just mind chatter. That's the egoic mind chatter. I think another way that Dr. Bruce Lipton would talk about that would be that it's the programming, old programming that we, those thoughts, like, like Eckhart said, and, and it's, 
things from the past. We're evaluating our present by what's occurred to us in the past. And so it's those old thoughts that come up and color or filter how it is that we see ourselves in the world in this present moment. But then if you dismiss all that egoic mind chatter and get present in the moment, you realize that you're connected to everything that is and that the past is irrelevant. The future is non-existent yet <laughs> and that the only power yeah. is right now in this moment well i'm gonna say i hope you've enjoyed this session it was pretty short and sweet and it's been a lot of fun being here with you and i look forward to you all joining us next week yes it's a good idea practice what you heard today just so you feel something see if you can do what he recommends here, which is become present. Every time you walk up and down the stairs in your house or your place of work, pay close attention to every step, every movement, even your breathing. Be totally present. If you're washing your hands, pay attention to all the sensory perceptions associated with the activity, the sound, the feel, the movement of your hands, the scent of the soap, and so on. <sighs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. That was so beautiful. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Linda. All right. Bye now, everyone. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation and perhaps even earn a credential as a certified spiritual coach, we encourage you to go to our website, lifecoachtrainingonline.com and check out our courses or give us a call at 800-711-4346.